Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. together this morning and to be uh, Stony Stanton and Tamworth together this morning here. And isn't God so good to us? I'd like you to um, please turn to 1 Corinthians. And if you're here visiting, we also want to say you're really welcome among us. It's great to have you here. I hope you're enjoying the, the cross and the crown as much as I am, it's, I've felt so blessed and equipped. And um, I would like to read a few verses from 1 Corinthians and then just set the scene for uh, this morning, and in a sense for this month as a whole as we continue on this journey. So reading from 1 Corinthians, um, first of all, a few, few sections in chapter 1, and then the first few verses of chapter 2. This is from the Holman translation. Paul, called as an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and our brother Sosthenes, to God's church at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called as saints, with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, theirs and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of God's grace given to you in Christ Jesus, that by him you were made rich in everything, in all speaking and all knowledge, as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. Verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with clever words, so that the cross of Christ will not be emptied of its effect. For to those who are perishing, the message of the cross is foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it is God's power. Verse 25. Sorry, verse 22. Beg your pardon. For the Jews ask for signs and the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's power and God's wisdom. Because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. And then chapter 2, first five verses. When I came to you, brothers, announcing the testimony of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, in fear and in much trembling, My speech and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith might not be based on men's wisdom, but on God's power. There's lots in there. And um, before we come back to that, just to say, uh, just to remind you, um, right at the beginning of this time in, in this series of looking at the cross and the crown back in February... Um, one of the things I said in, in, in my intro was um, I'd really love to see 
three outcomes of this focus that we're in. And they are, um, first of all, awe. That we are in awe of him. As we have, uh, in a limited way, expressed this morning in our worship, we're in awe of him. And then secondly, that there is amongst us a real authenticity. And by that I mean especially that we become as we understand more of what Jesus has done for us, we become more and more secure in our identity and we become much freer and we share our lives uh, in a real practical way so that there's a, there's a community of the cross and the crown amongst us. There's real authenticity. And thirdly, and this will be, uh, this will be especially relevant for us today, that, that we are launched into great adventure with a growing um, courage uh, and a real um, compassion for our world around us so that in our witness and in our works, there's great adventure. We'll come on to more of that. Perhaps that's, that has to do with the galleon leaving the port. I think we're getting there. I really do. I think we're, God, the Holy Spirit is revealing more of the breadth and the depth and the dimensions and the scope of what happened on the cross. And um, when, I, when, I, when I use the word cross, I'm sure when we all do, it's a sort of a shorthand. When we talk about the cross, it's a shorthand for the fact that God became a man, the fact that he gave up his life on a cross, the fact that he resisted every demon and he conquered every enemy and he dethroned Satan and he ascended into heaven, he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and sat down on the throne of grace and wears a crown. So, so when we say the cross, we mean quite a lot of things in terms of the work of Jesus for us. And so this morning, I'd love to um, try and unlock something that I've really been caught with over the last um, two or three weeks. And it's especially highlighted in chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Sometimes you read something, don't you, and it, it grabs your attention. It's intriguing. Deborah received an email a couple of weeks ago from... Some company that she looked on the website, and and this this clever software where they know you, you know. And she received this email saying, "Deborah, we find you intriguing," <laughs> or words to that effect, because she she'd looked at this website and never bought anything from it, and they knew that. They said, "We find you intriguing," or "You um you 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 intrigue us, Deborah." This verse intrigues me. So does Deborah, I have to say. But, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is verses 17 and 18. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with clever words. NIV says, not with wisdom and eloquence. So that the cross will not be emptied of its effect. Or emptied of its power. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is God's power. It is the power of God to us who are being saved. I'm going to just read that for you in in the Amplified and then in F.F. Bruce's translation. In the Amplified, "For For Christ did not send me as an apostle to baptize, but commissioned and empowered me to preach the good news of salvation, not with clever and eloquent speech as an orator, so that the cross of Christ would not be made ineffective or deprived of its saving power. For the message of the cross is foolishness, absurd and illogical to those who are perishing and spiritually dead because they reject it. But to us who are being saved by God's grace, it is the manifestation of the power of God. And then this this other... Uh, translation by F.F. Bruce. He says, Moreover, when he commissioned me to preach his good news, he did not tell me to use the eloquence of the schools. Such eloquence would have robbed the cross of Christ of its inherent power. The message of the cross is sheer folly to those who are on the way to perdition, 
But to those who tread salvation's road, it is God's own power. It's really interesting. The message of the cross, Jesus laying down his life at his choosing. Jesus destroying the works of evil, rising from the dead, ascending to glory, taking his throne and wearing his crown. That message is God's power to us. The manifestation of the power of God, God's own power. It is, as we've said before, it is God's cross. The cross doesn't belong to us. The cross is God's cross. God Almighty's cross and is full of almighty power. And, and the word that's used there is a word I'm sure many of you will have heard of. It. It's the word dunamis. And it means this. It means miraculous power or might or strength. It can mean physical power. It can mean force. It can mean ability. It can mean energy or efficacy. It can mean powerful deeds or marvelous works. It can mean... As, as one of those translations said, it can mean the inherent power, the inbuilt power, the power that resides in something by virtue of its nature. Or, or, or it can mean specifically the power of performing miracles. The message of the cross is God's almighty power for us. I said this before, but you know, the cross is not a logo. The cross is not the sign of the church. The cross wasn't an accident. The cross isn't simply the mechanics by which you or I are forgiven. It's much more than that. The cross is the epicenter of all things and the center point in the universe. The cross is the time where God's eternal plan meets our human need. And is full of real power. Real, mighty, dynamic, inherent power. I'm intrigued by that. But also by this, that the cross can be emptied of its power. Or made ineffective or deprived of its saving power. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Yeah. And, and the word used there is, is this word, um, kenu, which means to deprive something of its content or to make it unreal. It's the same word that's used when it says Jesus um, laid aside his majesty, took off his majesty emptied himself. It's the same word that's used when Paul says, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then our gospel is useless. It's emptied. It has no, no longer has any content or real power in it. Yeah. Now, of course, the cross can never, can never be robbed or, or, or emptied of its inherent power. But what can happen is the cross can become ineffective for us. It can be robbed or emptied of its power for you and for me. And how does that happen? Paul tells us it happens because of our words. It happens because of our limited wisdom. It happens because of our cleverness. It happens because of our eloquence. It happens because we substitute the power of the cross for something else that's lesser, inferior, doesn't really have the same inherent power that the cross has. You with me? And I want us to explore some of that this morning and say this. Our wisdom, our eloquence, our cleverness, our fine words, our substitutes, they may look good, they may impress people, they may... Make us look something. But they do not have the power that the cross has. And therefore, if I could put it this way, we must let the cross do its work. We must let the cross do its work. We must let the cross speak for itself. 
Paul writes later on in 1 Corinthians, he says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. So I'd like us to consider three aspects of this, three ways in which the cross is power, the message of the cross, that that message of Jesus coming, dying, being buried, resisting every demon, rising again, ascending into glory and wearing his crown, how that message is power and how we must not make it ineffective for us. All right? So the first thing I want to say is this, and I'm going to read, um, take these verses from 1 Corinthians. First of all, the cross is God's power for us. For us. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1, we read this, verses 22 to 24. He says, For the Jews ask for signs, and the Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's power and God's wisdom. The cross is God's power for all creation. All creation. Not just human beings. Not just planet Earth. The cross is God's power for all creation. To bring everything. There's a lovely version in the, in the message that talks about every discordant strand. To bring everything back together. To restore all things. Jesus, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but on the cross, he dealt with all the effects of sin, which were cosmic. And on the cross, Jesus brings everything back together. The cross is God's mighty power for all creation. And for us, the cross is his power to save, his power to heal, his power to restore everyone and everything, everywhere in every age. Mm -hmm. Nothing and no one is beyond the power of the cross. And to everybody in this room this morning, to all the children upstairs or downstairs, to everybody here this morning, the cross is God's power for you and for me. This is our gospel. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul goes on to say, of whom I am the worst. Do you ever feel that? But Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And nobody's beyond the power of his cross. He says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. What a wonderful exchange. You've been healed by his wounds. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. I'll use a few words repeatedly. The the cross has power to save us, to heal us, and to restore us, to bring us home. There are many other things as well, but if I could just summarize it in those three things, to save us, to heal us, and to restore us. The cross has mighty power for us. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. The cross is God's power, folks, to save, to heal, and to restore us, to forgive every sin, to heal every disease, and to call home all who've lost their way. And you say, well, how is this possible? It's possible because on the cross, the ruler of this world was cast out. It's possible because Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly and triumphed over them. It's possible because he shared our humanity, Hebrews 2 tells us, so that through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death. That is the devil. It's possible because according to 1 John 3 verse 8, the Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. On the cross, Jesus triumphed over every enemy. And he rose and he conquered and he's been crowned Lord of all, King of the cosmos, Lord of all the earth. 
Nothing is beyond his power. You know, um, the mighty works of God are beyond our comprehension. There's, there's a, I was really blessed uh, recently reading in, in Job chapter 26, and it describes all that the Lord has done, all that God has done in creating the universe, and it talks about um, the planets being hung in nothing. It talks about the horizons. It's, it's a fantastic, poetic description of how the Lord has created the universe. And then it has this little verse, but these are the fringes of your ways. I was so blessed. This, that's just the fringe. You haven't even got to the robe yet. That's just the fringes of the mighty works of God. And this is important for us because mystery is vital. This is good news because we can't comprehend it. That's part of what makes it such good news. We can't comprehend it. But just because you don't understand something doesn't mean it's not true. And we may not understand it, and we can't explain it, and we certainly don't deserve it, but we must embrace it. The power of the cross. This is awe. This is authenticity. And this is where the adventure begins, friends. There's power in the cross for us. So don't empty or deprive the cross of its effective power by by your wisdom, by my wisdom, by our eloquence. And don't substitute the cross with anything else. Let the cross do its work and speak for itself and throw everything else aside and embrace God's provision for you. See, this is how it goes. We're not, we're not saved because we understand the power of the cross. We're not saved because we pray eloquent prayers. God doesn't meet us at our point of need because we get the phrases exactly right when we ask for forgiveness, when we ask for help, when we ask for provision. God doesn't respond because we say it right. And we're not healed because because we could ever explain the mechanics of healing. And we're not restored because we try so hard to get right with God. I was years trying to do that, trying to be right with God, thinking I would somehow, somehow I'd impress him. That's not the case. Those things empty the cross of its power. We're saved, we're healed, we're restored, we're forgiven because the cross has ongoing, inbuilt, mighty power, dynamic power to save us, to heal us, to restore us. And to forgive all men everywhere, even the worst of sinners. And so I feel this great burden. We mustn't get stuck in words. We mustn't get lost in theology. We mustn't get worn out trying so hard. And we mustn't talk ourselves out of receiving the power of God. I don't really deserve it. I'm not good enough. God, if only you know how many times I slipped up this week, how many times I messed up, how many times I didn't think I was worthy to be called a pastor of the church. We can talk ourselves out of the power of the cross. I pray that we will receive the power of the cross for us. It's inbuilt. It's all-sufficient. It's totally dynamic power to save, to heal, to restore. And I'm going to ask you to do something we don't often do in this setting, but I just wonder if you would close your eyes now. Because I believe God wants to minister dynamically this morning. And at this first point, I want to invite you to receive the power of the cross for you. Power to save. Power to heal. Power to bring you home. 
And whilst everybody's eyes are closed, if, if you just want to say this morning, God, I want to receive your power for me. I'm going to throw aside my trying, my talking, my trying to get the words just right. The, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, it's of power. Eloquent speech, cleverness, human wisdom can rob the cross of power. And he wants us simply to receive his power this morning. I'm just going to ask you to stand where you are. Nothing more than that. Just stand where you are and say, God, I want to, I need to receive your power for me this morning. You won't be the only one standing. Lord, we want to humble ourselves before you this morning. Say, Lord, we give up trying to say it right, trying to understand it all, trying to work out the dynamics of your power. Just want to say, Lord, this morning we simply receive the power of the cross for us this morning. Power to save, power to heal. Power to restore us, Lord. We receive your power for us this morning. Amen. 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 Thank you. Please be seated. I'm going to give more opportunity in just a moment. This is so important. We must not rob the cross of its power. What a disaster to spend five years on this series... No, joking. (laughs) But it's going to be a while because we're just touching the edges. These are the fringes of the Almighty. What a waste to do all of that and and be robbed of the power of the very thing that we've made our focus. The second aspect of this is that the cross is God's power in us. God's power for us and God's power in us. And I don't know whether you noticed the opening verses of, of that epistle, but Paul says, he's, I'm called as an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will. And he's writing, he says, to God's church at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, and called as saints with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both their Lord and ours, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the cross is God's power for us, God's power to save us, to heal us, to restore us, and all the other things God does for us. But it's also his mighty power in us to sanctify us. By the power of the cross... We are sanctified, we're made holy, we're transformed. There's, there's regeneration that takes place inside us. We're changed to progressively become more and more like Jesus. That's the process of sanctification, of making us more and more set apart for him, saints. And embracing the power of the cross in us is the key, is the real key to freedom and fullness and fruitfulness in our lives. Just as Jesus Christ died to overcome every enemy, so the Lord intends that there's a continual and progressive death inside us until we overcome every enemy, everything that would try and rule us, everything that would try and rob us of all that he has for us. We often call it dying to self. This is the crucified life. And it's God's intention. And it is completely possible that we put to death everything that rules us and keeps us from enjoying his power in our lives. Let me just read these verses from Galatians. Paul writes... In Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I, I no longer live but Christ lives in me. Galatians 5.24 he says, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 
chapter 6, he says, As for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross, and I to the world. And then Romans 6, if you just turn there to finish looking at these verses. Romans 6, verses 6 and 7. For we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that sin's dominion over the body may be abolished so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin since a person who has died is freed from sin's claims. I hope you follow what Paul is saying over and over and over again there. He's saying there's not just an effect of the cross for me. There also has to be an effect of the cross in me. Things have to die in me. Things have to be crucified in me. I have to execute things in me. The cross has to work in me. And again, if I could say this, we must let the cross do its work. As in the, in the verses we read at the beginning, it talks about us being called into fellowship with his son. And I think as we let the cross do its work in us, those things are the key to our intimacy with him, to our ongoing fellowship with him, for our ability to enjoy close fellowship with him. It's because the cross has had an effect in my life. What does it mean for me? It means... It means I say no to things that offend him, things that grieve him. It means I exercise self-control, self-discipline. It means I must put to death lusts, inappropriate passions, inappropriate appetites. It means I have to deny myself and um, put others first. It means I surrender my own ambitions and aspirations and give them all to him. It means I have to stop relying on natural strength, natural ability, even natural zeal, natural energy, natural enthusiasm, natural excitement. Stop relying on my natural strengths and decide that his power is made perfect in my weakness. It means I have to kill my pride and humble myself. It means I seek first his kingdom and I relegate my priorities, my preferences. I think we, we must expand on these things over the coming weeks. It means that I surrender my will to his will. I was really blessed reading in 1 Corinthians 10 recently. It said, um, it says nobody, um, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able Okay, this is really important. There'll be a revelation here for people this morning. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape so that you're able to bear it. I'm not sure all that Paul had in mind there, but I was blessed with this thought. Whenever I'm tempted, what I have to do is look for the escape route. God's provided me with an escape route. It may be a train of thought I go down. I have to find the escape route. I liked the... Um, I'm so blessed by God's provision in that. Of course. But it also adds a degree of adventure in life, doesn't it? If I'm tempted, somewhere around here is an escape route. I've just got to find the escape route. 
and resist that until I found the escape route. And then I've got to escape. <coughs> find the escape route and escape. So these are aspects of the cross doing its work in me. The cross having power, being the power of God in me. This is a little quote from um, a man named T. Austin Sparks. He touches on things that will get your mind springboarding into other places. And we'll come back to those. I'll leave my learned colleagues to uh, deal with these matters. He says this. There's lots of... There's some, you have to concentrate for this. The dethronement of Satan and of all his mighty kingdom was accomplished by the will of one man, capital M, being utterly in subjection to his father. He's left the enemy in being, not annihilated, in order to bring us to the same place as he himself has come to. And it will be along exactly the same lines, the battle of the will, taken up on countless points until Satan no longer has any place of ground in our will and he is undone. The one need is for a people to rise up in virtue of an inwrought work of the cross to meet these evil forces which are against the purpose of God. Interesting. He wants all of us to come to that place Jesus came to where everything was submitted to his Father's will. That's how he routed the devil. We can do that. We can do that. How dead am I? Simon blessed us last week, didn't he? Really great sharing. He said, I, I've come to that place. I don't know if I've come to it. I'm, I'm getting there. I, I, think he came, I think he said I came to it. Where I'll say what you want me to say, and I'll go where you want me to go, and I'll do what you want me to do, and I'll be who you want me to be. How dead are you? Have you killed off the old you? Have I crucified the flesh? Am I dead to the world? Can I say like Paul, I no longer live? It's not about me anymore. This is the awe. This is the, this is the adventure, folks. This is authenticity. Dying to self. And the thing is, we're in great company. We're in great company because when you think of Abraham with Isaac, when you think of Moses finally letting God use him, when you think of David, when you think of Peter, the end of John's gospel, Peter's there and, do you love me, Peter? Lord, you know I love you. Do you love me, Peter? You know, I, Lord, do, do you love me, Peter? When you think of Paul, all that he had to boast of, that he considered nothing. When you, in fact, folks, when you consider Mary, whatever the Lord says is fine by me. Every servant of God, so we are no exception, every servant of God has to come to the end of themselves. We must come to the end of ourselves and start living by divine power and divine ability. The cross can be mighty power in you, so don't deprive it, empty it of its effectiveness. Don't protest don't argue. Don't defend yourself. Don't try and find an alternative, a shortcut, a way around, or a long cut. Don't substitute the cross with your own efforts. David, don't substitute the cross with your own efforts, which have no real power. Don't think I know better. Stop talking, stop making excuses, stop making vows, stop making promises, stop making deals, and simply embrace the power of the cross in you. Embrace the cost of a crucified life so that we can live the power of a resurrection life. Embrace the cost of a crucified life. I want to just make another opportunity. If this morning, 
For you, this would be a good moment to stand to your feet and say, God, I receive your power in me, the power of the cross. And I don't want to keep trying to accomplish all these things in my own effort. I don't want to live with I leading my life, but to receive the power of the cross in me, to apply the power of the cross in me, to let the cross do its work in me, to let the cross speak for itself in me, then let us stand to our feet if that's for you this morning. Amen. Lord, again, we're surrendering before you today and saying, we want your power to be effective, dynamic, real in us. Thank you for all you've done for us. Lord, we embrace your work in us this morning. And we let go of every substitute that we've put in place. Every time we've tried to find a way around, a workaround, an alternative way of coming clean, of surrendering our lives to you, and we receive this morning the power of the cross in us. We say, Lord, may your cross do its work in us. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Final thing I want to say is this. The cross is God's power through us. Through us. And um, in chapter 2, those first few verses, chapter 2, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, Paul says, when I came to you, brothers... I'm already excited about this point, by the way. I can't wait to get to the end. This is so good. When I came to you, brothers, announcing the testimony of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I love that. Paul's whole ministry. And it's to be summed up in a sentence, I, I didn't want to know anything except Jesus Christ crucified. I didn't come with, with eloquence. I didn't come with wise words. I didn't come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In fact, he says, I came to you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a powerful demonstration by the Spirit, so that your faith might not be based on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Hallelujah. The cross is God's power for us to save us. The cross is God's power in us to sanctify us. And the cross is God's power through us because he's sending us into the world sending us into the world. And and you don't need me to tell you that our world has intense needs right now. People are fearful. People are fed up with empty promises. People are going through a terrible identity crisis. Millions of people are lonely. Billions of people are living in desperate poverty. And the church so often is so impotent. Surely... The time is here for a church to arise which knows the power of God through whom the power of the cross is preached. There was a prophecy earlier on. Andrew Andrew brought the word of the Lord to us. It's time for a nation to arise. A kingdom of priests who have answers, who have hope. It's time for shepherds, men and women, to arise and come forth with a heart-wrenching love for the lost. And for people of faith to step out and lay their hands on the sick. On the cross, a seed fell to the ground and died so that a crop of multitudes could come forth. And I read this um, when we started this series, but I just want to read it again. This is... um, Oswald Chambers, he says, it's a travesty to say that Jesus Christ travailed on the cross to make me a saint. 
Jesus Christ travailed to redeem the whole world and to place it unimpaired and rehabilitated before the throne of God. Folks, we dare not deprive the cross of its effective power. The world does not need our cleverness, our persuasive words. There is no substitute. Words and witness have their place, of course. But today's intense needs demand a powerful demonstration of the Spirit of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Our message has got to be simple. How dare we add our own gloss? How dare we put some varnish on it? How dare we add some sweeteners? Christ died for all mankind and he rose so we could be saved and healed and restored. We don't need to get sophisticated. We don't need to get complicated. When you read the book of Acts, you find the early church had one message over and over again. God has raised this Jesus to life. Paul, determined to know nothing except Christ crucified. Don't think anyone, don't think anyone you know needs any more than that. The cross and the crown is our message and is sufficient, is enough, is complete. You see, I, I love this thought that between us, we're in contact with thousands of people every week. I mean, the same people. Between us, look around the room, between us, folks, we are regularly in contact with thousands of people. And the mum and dad at the school gate and the guy at the next desk, the bloke on the bus or on the train, the others in the staff room, the friends at the gym, I've got loads of those. (laughs) Your mates at college, at school. A demonstration of the power of the cross is their deepest need and longing. It's a God-given longing. This is awe. This is authenticity. This is adventure. I believe this is a day for all of us to experience what it is to move in miracle power. I feel this is our inheritance, don't you? And we've got to let the cross do its work through us Our words are not enough. We must give God something else to work with. We've got to stop wondering and start witnessing. Stop. I'm saying all this to myself as well, okay? Stop pontificating. It's a good word, that, isn't it? Procrastinating. Preparing. All the time preparing. And start praying. Start putting it into action. Stop dreaming. Start doing. We need to be people with a bit less meditating and a much more mission. Less Facebook, more face-to-face. Less Instagram, more instant obedience. Who will you love this week? Who will you invite to something? round to your house, join you somewhere. Who will you pray for? Thousands of people we're regularly in contact with, even just statistically. If we all laid hands on one person this week, how many would be healed? God's power through us, the power of the cross through us. I have a fresh expectation that you and I can know the power of the cross in our lives, in our sharing, in our witnessing, in our reaching out to people, and that this is a time for more adventure. I don't want to get to the end and miss all the action I read about. This is our day, folks. This is a day for a demonstration by the Spirit of the power of the cross. This is a day for at school and uni. You are bolder than ever. 
You're unashamed of the gospel. You know you've got peers who believe what you believe. You know you've got a wider family that are all urging you on. This is a day for all of us. Don't come back here next week and go through the same old, same old. The action's out there. And we have to rise up, a nation to arise, a holy nation, a kingdom of priests who know that God's power on the cross is for me, is working in me. I may not be there yet, but it's working in me. And he wants it to work through me this week, all over the place, touching the thousands of people we're in contact with. There's so much more to consider in this series I've got a list of things here where we might go. I won't read it now because I'll get carried away. But in the meantime, there's much to do. And I praying we have a spectacular week. We have a fantastic month. We have an amazing year in the awe of the cross. Living in the authenticity of the cross. And in this adventure of the power of the cross working through us. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.